I'm Janice from Travel Tree Music. I'm a veteran music teacher, and I'm sharing some of the tricks in the trade that I've learned over the years to hopefully make your school year go a little bit easier. This is part two of uh, a video. The first one was piano in the elementary music classroom, which is setting up a class set of 30 or more students and being able to use a curriculum that gives them the independence to work and learn uh, on their own or small group or as a whole group activity. So I'll put a link in the bottom to check that. But that's the easy part, I think. Maybe not as easy, but the second part is, how do we set up all of those computers, uh, excuse me, all of those pianos and make sure that they are ready to go and that sometimes can be overwhelming depending on what size of classroom you have. I was very lucky my last school to have a giant old band room and had lots of room to set up pianos. But sometimes I get it loaded up with risers too and had to adjust where I was going to put all of the, the keyboard. So let's dive in and figure out how we can get that set up. I don't know about you, but I always like a list of things. Somebody tell me how to make it easy and that's what I'm hoping I can do for you. Teaching piano in the, in the elementary music classroom can be very fun for the students and for teachers. My favorite time to teach this unit was at the end of the school year, last six weeks, and uh, be able to, um, after all of the classes have had their uh, class parties, after all of the music concerts, and this turned out to be a really good time for me. Now, before I could do uh, set that whole program up, I had to have all of the keyboards ready. I didn't have them up all year long as a, as a rule because there were too many things going on. I shared my classroom with a, a violin program. So I had to be strategic about what time of year I was going to do the program and the end of the year was the best for me. Some of the things to think about before you start setting up the keyboards is first making sure that you have all of the resources together that you're going to need. You, I had 36, so I was able to uh, some years set up all 30, some years I only needed to set up uh, 15. It depended on what was going on. In a couple of years, there were 36 plus kids. So I really had to dig deep and find spaces in my classroom. And when you're organizing the keyboards and the electricity and all the pieces and parts, you want to think about what's the layout going to be? How much is the spacing going to be between the pianos? Are you going to use desks? Are you going to use folding tables? Uh, you got to make sure that the pianos are at a comfortable height. You want to double check that all the keyboards are working and you've got a good power source and everything's in good working order. That's the first thing to do some planning around. And maybe it's drawing a little sketch on a, on a piece of paper. That seems to work for me. I was really lucky having all of my keyboards, although I shared it with another school and that kind of dictated also what time of year I was going to use, do the, uh, the piano unit. Uh, and luckily my district transferred all of the materials from one school to the other. They came already boxed up and all the cables together, all the extension cables, all of the keyboards and the headphones. Not every school's that way. You may have access to yours all year long and know right where everything is. All right, let's just get everything uh, ready to go and decide where we're going to set up everything. First, decide what size of the music room you have. That's going to determine it. You may only want to set up in one part of the music room and continue to use the other part of the music room for dancing activities or uh, play practice, any of those. Be creative, get a piece of paper, map out the ideas of where you think you want the pianos. They can be in a row, they can be in a circle, they can be in a square, or any combination that works for the size of your classroom. 
I found that a perimeter setup worked the best for me, but some years I had to regroup and put blocks of, of piano keyboards in one area. Before you get too far, teacher tip, double check where your electrical resources are because you've really got to be close to that so you don't have cords going everywhere. If you have a brand new uh, music room, uh, you're really, really lucky. Some years I did and some years I didn't. Oftentimes music rooms don't have electricity in the floor, some do. So I had to run some cords and modern classrooms are great. Old classrooms are good. You just have to work with whatever you have, don't you? The next thing I like to do is work on how many sets of pianos I'm going to have together. I like to work in sets of four. I like to have each group of four, have officers, a president, and I also have a resource in the in the uh, description down there as well for how to determine and how to create officers, not only in the in the piano groups, but also in the music classroom. I usually have ended up with about six to eight groups of piano. So it'd be each set of group of four. Teacher tip, make sure you make large charts of numbers wherever you set up your groups. So group one have a number right behind it, group two have a number right behind it, and then group number one would go to group number one set of pianos. That really keeps it organized as well. People know where every time where they're gonna go, go right to the piano that their group number is numbered. You're going to want to decide, will students share pianos? Will each student have their own piano as they go to that group? Sometimes uh, I've needed to have students work together to help each other, and you can have two students use a piano. You can also get a headphone splitter. That's, uh, sometimes it can be a little bit expensive, so you'll want to look around at that, so that two headphones could be used and plugged into one piano keyboard. You want to see what kind of uh, input that has to get the right kind of splitter. You're going to want to double check the spacing between the pianos. Do you want them uh, on a desk close and or, or on a table close or do you want them spaced a little bit out? Sometimes you may want a set of two sets of four and then a walkway behind. So as you're drafting that idea out on your paper, decide what kind of spacing is going to be between the pianos. Sometimes if they're too close, they might bump each other, then you've got to re-straighten re that out. So just be thinking about that as you try to get as maximize that space in your music classroom. Next, you're going to want to decide whether you want to use children's desks or you want to use tables. I had lots of extra desks that I could get from my, my custodian. In a couple of years, I would even set up group desks in the back so that we could have table time and not on the floor to do written work. So decide whether you're going to do desks or you're going to do tables. I've also used folding tables. If I get a um, three by six foot tables, uh, that's what I ended up using the most recently. Then I could fold them up at the end of the, at the unit, put them away. But I could get uh, four pianos, two on each side and facing each other. And that gave enough room to put the electrical cables and the extension cords and the power power resource, power uh, strips right in between. You have to decide what your resources are. You can always ask your custodian, are there any extra desks and what chairs are you going to use? I'm also one of those that I have to see it in order to be able to really understand what the flow is and how things are going to fit. Uh, so I oftentimes will put down painter's tape and just tape down the areas on the floor where I want things to go. Oftentimes in my mind, you're on a piece of paper, it looks great, but until I see it on the floor and how much space there is to walk and move between, are you like that too or is it just me?
You know, this kind of setup with desks or folding tables can also work in a private studio. I oftentimes teach in my private studio group lessons, and sometimes I'll get several kids from a, a one family, and it's a multi-age, and so I can have all four of those together, and that works really well. When I'm using desks, I make sure that the, I space out one piano on each desk, and that means that the piano is going to uh, uh, have a piece that's over on each side of the desk, and I position the desk, and I position the pianos, making sure that the pianos aren't touching, but they're very, very close. That saves up room. You can use classroom desks. Um, excuse me, classroom chairs. That's always the hard thing to find. I don't know about your, your school district, but in my school, it was hard to find extra chairs. Then you want to make sure that those pianos aren't touching. So if somebody bumps one, it doesn't bump another. The idea of using school desks and chairs can also work on, as a perimeter style or as rows or squares. Um, that works also with desks, so you don't need to go out and buy anything, especially if you've already got enough desks and chairs in your classroom. It's not uncommon for some teachers to put the pianos on the floor and then students sit right behind there. Uh, I, I like it better if their hands are at the height where they play, but sometimes on the floor is just okay. And then maybe that's a little bit easier to uh, maneuver if you have that kind of space. If you're going to use desks and chairs, uh, you're going to want to make sure that the height is right for the chairs. Um, sometimes if you're sitting in a chair and the table's higher, that can be a challenge. And, and a teachable, uh, here's another teacher tip. Some younger and smaller children like to just stand at the keyboard. And I've even seen schools where everybody stands. And I like that idea too. It gives kids a chance to move around. Either one of those will work. It's just a different mindset, isn't it? Let's jump, jump back into the electricity issue. You want to check with your uh, custodian and make sure that you can run extension cords if you need to or power strips. Whenever I had to do, um, my, old, my classroom was an old classroom, so I had to do that quite a bit. I made sure that there were rugs covering all of the extension cords if I had to. It's something you have to check with your custodian, make sure it's okay in your classroom. There are a lot of safety rules that we want to make sure that we follow for piano. All right, here comes the fun. We're going to put it all together. Once you have all of your piano set up, go ahead and put a, P, a power strip, excuse me, a power adapter on every piano. Then place a power strip at every set of four uh, pianos. You might be able to stretch it into the next set of four. Most power strips can accommodate three or four uh, power adapters. You'll have to decide. Some of them turn one way, some of them turn the other. Get all of the power strips up there and um, start plugging in the uh, power adapters into the power strips and see how many that you're going to need to get everything all set up. I also recommend make sure that you get power strips that have uh, surge protectors. If for some reason we get a, a, a zip in a little bit of juice in the electricity in the building or something, that isn't going to take out all of the pianos. It might just take out a set of four. Anybody else have problems with electricity besides me? Mm, I've got issues. 
Here's another teacher tip. Remember to always be sure that all of the keyboards are turned off at the end of the day. Uh, I just, I usually have one switch where I can just shut everything down at the same time, or you might go around and turn off each table, whatever makes it easier for you. I think that'll protect our, the pianos as well. You'll want to teach the students what to do if the power, go, if all of a sudden their keyboards don't work. It tends to put kids into a little bit of a panic unless they know that could be a possibility. And then I always use the blue cups on every piano. If they have a question, they turn it up. If they don't, if they've gotten their question answered or everything's okay, they turn it over. I know when everybody's piano, when everybody's cup is turned up, there's a bigger issue. And then somebody usually lets me know that the electricity is not working. Once in a while, a cord will get tripped. Uh, somebody will accidentally bump a power on at the power strip. It happens. It's just go ahead and keep keep working and have and make sure that you teach the students how to let you know without yelling or screaming or panicking. Not that they do that, right? Next, go ahead and um, hopefully by now you've checked all of the key, all of the keyboards. Make sure the adapters work. Make sure the cables are out of the way. Now you're going to go around and put a headphone on every keyboard, and then once you have all the all the headphones on. Uh, then plug them in and test to make sure that everyone works. Now I had old school, uh, big bulky ones, um, but you know what? They worked and the kids didn't seem to mind. I started buying 10 a year to have some newer ones. I still uh, don't have all the new ones that I need, but don't worry about that. They don't have to be fancy. Sometimes kids will want to bring their own. I discourage that because that's another piece to manage. And then we have to worry about the adapters. Most newer, most newer headphones have a pin adapter they don't have a quarter inch, which most pianos do. So get all of those headphones out. Then the next thing I'll do is I'll have the headphones on one side of the piano, and then I will have uh, the cup on the other. And we talk about it goes on this side, and that goes on that side. So when they're done and then the piano book is closed, everything's ready for the next class. One of the other things I like to have the students do is straighten the pianos. Whenever uh, a class doesn't straighten them, then we have uh, quite a few pianos at a different side, kind of twisted. Not, but if they make sure it's all lined up at the front, the chairs are gently pushed in. And we practice that as well. Don't shove the chairs in. You'll push the piano. All of those little things that they can take pride in, making sure that the pianos are in the right place, the notebooks are in the right place, they picked up their paper pencil and their, their packet for piano. So practice that and you'll find that when they walk out, you don't have to do anything when the next class is ready to walk in for that piano class. The other thing I make sure I do is I have a wall charts with um, piano class rules, teach all of those. We go over those all, well before we ever go to the piano. Teacher tip, one of the other things that I do is when it's time to be dismissed, I flash the classroom lights off and on. That's the indication that we practice that, that they get up out of their chair, quietly push the chair in, don't push too hard so nothing gets pushed, uh, headphones off, set to one side, notebook closed, uh, packet, um, their their packet that they take with them, their work packet is picked up. They have one of the officers, each of those groups collect all the packets, rubber band to put a clamp on it. And then the, each president in that group can dismiss their group to line up. Or I might have a, a president or a class officer for the whole class look around and see which group is ready to go. It takes a lot of work off the uh, my job as a teacher and gives that independence and responsibility to the students. 
I also recommend that you create a quiet or an independent student area and that independent student area could also have a piano and I'd recommend even maybe having two. Be sure to have a quiet spot in the room, uh, have available some pencils, drawing materials, maybe it's a digital device and it's got has something on it to practice piano or any other classroom behavior management tools that you're already using. Sometimes students can be um, disoriented with new things. So go slowly and say, we're going to do this. And then if you need some help, you can go to the quiet area and check with me about that. I think I mentioned earlier, I think I've got issues with electricity. There's been many times when all of the electricity has gone out in the building, all the electricity has gone out uh, in the whole school, and yet we are still on deck for managing the children. So if it's a no electricity Wi-Fi, I always make sure that I have some other reproducible things that writing things that we can do that are always ready. It's always highlighted in my um, in my lesson plans and I know what we can do and we practice what that's going to look like in a casual way. We can also practice piano off without any electricity. Uh, my room was really dark when the electricity went out, so we instead went out to the cafeteria. We used our, our Chromebooks to be able to look at the lessons. I had those loaded on the Chromebooks. And then all we could. I also have in my group one teaching music in the piano in the classroom, I have some templates with just the keyboard. They can put that right there on the keyboard. They can open their notebook. They can practice their fingering. They can practice their rhythm without any electricity. So keep in mind, don't panic, just have some backup ideas and put that at the bottom of your lesson plans. What did I have planned for today? Well, I can't remember what exactly that was going to be. Let's talk about taking care of the notebooks. Sometimes notebooks uh, can get uh, worn with so many kids using them, the backs binders break, or a page may not look right. So I set up in another part of the classroom what's called a um, piano book hospital, and I had some students draw a hospital sign on it. So if there's something wrong with the notebook, they'll check in with me first, otherwise you'll get 10 in the hospital, and they would go put it in the hospital, and then they would go get a spare notebook. At the end of the day, I would check those notebooks and see if there's anything I can do to get that fixed right away. And I tried to do it at the end of that day, otherwise it would get down to the bottom of my list. Here comes another teacher tip. Here comes another teacher tip. Plan on an earlier dismissal as you're getting started with your piano unit. All of these different systems and having kids be responsible for the work takes a few extra minutes. My rule is five minutes, we're headed out, we're headed towards the door. You could say three minutes or four minutes, but just plan on that. And I don't know about you, but many years I had classes back to back with no passing time. So if you put that into your schedule and your thought process, I'm going to dismiss five minutes early. They pick up all the materials. They got them already put away before that next class, before they go out the door and the next class is ready to come in. It's just a good pattern to do. And it takes that panic as both classes are coming and going. And then for sure, then materials aren't just thrown because we're in a hurry. Sound familiar? Okay, finally, we've got everything all set up. Another thing I like to do is invite piano players to come to my classroom and play for the children. Oftentimes, some of my teachers had taken piano lessons since 
my classroom teachers when they were in elementary school. I like them to come and talk about that. And then also I like to show them around the inside of an acoustic piano. If you have an acoustic piano in your classroom, take it apart, talk about the different pieces and parts and the hammers and the bridge and the, the pedals and those things. They are fascinated by that. And then also um, show them how that, that each of those keys work. And I'll put a link down at the bottom of the, in the description, I have a video of a sample of a key that I purchased at a piano dealer where it shows all of the action of a real acoustic piano and then note, and then draw the difference between what they're playing on, which is a digital. There are only just, they're only just electrical connections. There aren't any moving parts. And that's a real fun thing to show them. You do not have to have everything all set up, ready to go in one day. My kids really enjoyed seeing, okay, there's the tables. And then the next time they came to music, maybe there's the pianos. And then the next time they came to music, there's all of the pieces and the parts. And they saw that progress and they got excited. And they all knew that at the end of the year, that's when we would be doing pianos as well. So make them part of that excitement. Enjoy. And I'd love to hear how your process is for setting up your keyboards and how you teach the keyboards. And enjoy. Take a deep breath, a bit of coffee, put your feet up, and then go to work.